0: On the SportsNet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. A reminder: we're streaming live on SportsNet's YouTube channel and airing live on SportsNet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, who uh, I ran into on my way in from work. You know, who was just down at the uh, OVO practice facility where the Raptors are hard at work preparing for the playing tournament um, that they are in. Uh-huh. Or one if not two games hopefully two games and uh yeah all on the way got some most from uh, logo's corner the best uh, spot in the city if you want to get food for eight dollars and park there. everyone knows logo's corner
1: mm. what's going on alex how you doing man happy easter monday um, yes yeah how was practice man they're building good habits for wednesday obviously this is, you know, this you know, is <laughs> the time
0: yeah you know, they're all hunky-dory down there you know they're oh. all just like yeah, yeah let's 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 work on how do we stop the the the, the balls. i mean look listen um you know, there there was, uh, Fred spoke, OG spoke, Nick Nurse spoke, mm. and the conversations were fairly similar. You know, it's, it's a little bit strange, sort of teeing up just one game to this degree. Uh, it's not like a playoff series where you can sort of like feel the matchups evolve or sort of adapt game to game. Like there was just so much conversation around like how do you limit Demar's touches, right? And and, and so Fred talked about it. OG definitely talked about it. Talked about sort of you know Demar as a as a friend, as a person, stuff like that. Um, he expects DeMar to be more aggressive. I think OG held DeMar to, I think, only like 20-some-odd field goal attempts in the three games they matched up with each other, which is really good. Obviously, DeMar liable to do that in just one game. And then, um, yeah, and then Nick Nurse kind of probably gave the most insightful answer of the day where he's sort of talking about his philosophy when it comes to sort of like gambling for, for uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote gambling for steals, not just obviously going for every single steal, but um, the – you know, the, the value that you get when you win those gambles um, compared to sort of the cost that comes along with it. So there was this kind of a philosophical debate that he sort of had with himself. And he kind of concluded that he likes the way the Raptors play um, in the aggressive nature, uh, which leans more towards gambling. But uh, yeah, no, ultimately, you know, it was uh it was kind of like a regular practice. I, I don't know. It's It's weird. It feels like game eighty three.
1: More than it feels like a game seven coming up. Mm. Yeah, I know. So Nick didn't say he was gonna revalue his future after Wednesday. No. You, know, you know, nobody nobody oh, there asked oh, him about oh, it. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But
0: you know, as he as he as he said, I mean, you know, he he did state for the record where he was, so
1: um mm. so that we wouldn't have to ask him about it. But, oh, that's correct. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're here, man. Raptors finished their regular season. Mm. Forty one and forty one. Uh nice win over the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Mm. I wouldn't know. Um, Thanasis played twenty-eight minutes. Oh, we're did really good. Right, right, did right. you get your? Gotcha. Did you get your? You know, fill of Thanasis yesterday. So you were in the booth with me yesterday, and
0: I, I kept trying to soft launch the nickname Thanasty, <laughs> which is I gotta give it to you, it's pretty good.
1: Thanasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah. I just don't like. Does he deserve a nickname? Yeah. We should pull anonymous executives around the league if the <laughs> yeah. nassus deserves a nickname. No, no, pull them if they like the
0: nasty because... Um, yeah, I like that one. He's he's just a chaotic player because there's, like, some basics of the game that, like, he's mm. not great at. But at the same time, he still has some ability to play. Like He did put Chris Boucher on a poster, which um, mm. was regrettable for Chris. But then again, Chris put uh, Goran Dragic on a poster later in the game. Oh, so okay. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's all fair and even. No, I, I, look, I, I think, I've, for the most part, I just appreciated that the Raptors came out and gave you know a, a, a professional effort like the way you there, you you could have lost that game and it wouldn't have mattered in the standings all that kind of stuff to be honest it probably would have benefited them in terms of like the the lottery odds i, th- I think
1: oh that's right because regardless of how they do in the play-in tournament the yeah. lottery odds are based on your record in the regular season
0: yes yes yeah, which yeah. already has concluded again mm-hmm. this this play-in tournament is sort of just like out in the ether it's not yeah it's yeah. not in anything
1: any really. stats that take place on wednesday or friday just don't exist right 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 yeah. So, nobody should be playing for stats (laughs) in this one. Um, Oh, God. This might. Okay, I might got to take the Raptors then. All right.
0: uh, But no, no, it it was. Yeah, I was actually surprised like the number of guys who ended up playing. Like Yak ended up playing two and a half quarters. Scotty played two and a half quarters. Um, But, you know, it was good to see some of the young guys get some run. Um, You know, you you don't really even know if you'll see some of those guys again. So, at least they get one game to show off. Goran Dragovich was there. We still booed him. Right, right, you know? right, right. The yeah. fans had something to do yesterday. No, it was, for, for it, was, it was it was a chill afternoon, and then yeah, you know, afterwards I, I left the arena around four
1: fifteen, and I just kind of like took a scooter ride all along the lakefront. It was very beautiful. oh, yeah. that's that's great, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Canadian Lindell Wingington also played twenty seven minutes. Uh, that's about all I have for yesterday's game. Give um, yeah, c- me your thoughts on Lindell Wingington. Anyways, right? you talk about professional okay. effort. Yeah. Uh, can we go back to Friday, um, when the Raptors still had an outside chance? for the eighth seed which by the way if the raptors had won one of
0: the two games in boston they would have actually jumped atlanta yes because they finished with the same record yes Uh, atlanta lost yesterday to boston so the fact that the raptors have to win two games to make it to the playoffs proper rather than just one game out of two uh, opportunities is actually because
1: they lost that stupid game to atlanta or or how about because they lost on friday or yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, Friday and losing that losing first quarter that Wednesday as well. Thirty-four yeah. to sixteen. They trailed by thirty six points mm. at one point, and they allowed the Celtics to become the first team in the shot clock era to to shoot hundred percent on <laughs> two pointers in a single half. And this yeah, is yeah. this is yeah. one Friday after they allowed the Sixers to shoot seventy seven percent in the first half. So mm. while I appreciate the professional effort yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. against the nasty and and the Bucks. <laughs> Uh, Friday was a bit concerning for me. Uh, it was very concerning. We call um, it the janky defense. That
0: was, that, there was no defense. The defense was just janky, period. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's one of those games where, the, you know, you rarely see it, but the, the one team has to call the first three
1: timeouts. <laughs> it and was, this is from the head coach who like will not call timeout, even if you are Will Barton with a sprained ankle. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, man, just, just, just yeah, take a foul. Just, if you, want the, just if will you want to, you want to throw
0: it. We'll throw it because yeah. the Raptors took timeout 12 to two. After they were down, yep. they took timeout twenty-four to seven. After mm. they remained down, and then they took timeout fifty to twenty-two.
1: <laughs> I, know, I know you referenced this on the React Pod, but like, what what do you think a head coach can even say by that third timeout? Like, what do you even say? Like, seriously though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? no, I, I like, agree, I agree, well, I agree. What do you say? Well, and, and it's game eighty-one.
0: I, I I do feel like the the well, we we talked about this all of last week about Nick's comments and all that kind mm. of stuff. I really don't want to get through it. It's it's so boring, right? But um. I I do think that that doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence in those timeout scenarios where Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, guys, I know we're really, really in a hole here, um, and we're probably not going to win this game, but can we play for a little bit of pride? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess that's all you can really say, but uh, no, I'm sure that could have took a lot of players by surprise and didn't really help the scenarios. Again, like you mentioned, they had that very big no-show against the Sixers in that first half. At least they fought back in the second half, which, you know, sure, I guess, but... Hard not to fight back when the other team scores 77% of um, uh, shooting. Yeah, there's on only, you can only points. go up
1: from there. Yeah, but...
0: like, the other team's probably just going to chill a little bit. You're going to come back a little bit. And, of course, you're not going to complete the comeback. And in this game, it, it was just straight embarrassing. I mean, like, um, yeah, I mean, Sam Hauser even said after the game, I haven't dunked this much since high school. Right, he had a career high. Like, it was just, just cutting was back door. On. He would just get wide-open dunks. And I just felt like in that game, it was just mm. like, man, the, 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 the two systems that these two teams play, is just completely different. Obviously, the systems are d- uh, the partially dependent on the rosters themselves, and obviously the, 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 the Celtics have tons of good three-point shooters. Mm. Um, but even the way that they move the ball, the way that they make smart decisions, the way that they help each other on defense, the way that they don't over help each other on defense, like, all of it just makes a lot of sense. Like, the Celtics don't make that many mistakes, even with their second unit coming in. Um. You know, they they still play very solid basketball. They force you to beat them by making plays, by making shots. They don't just beat themselves. And yeah, you looked at the results. It was one team that was very determined to beat themselves with you know, it was it was silly watching the start of that game. You know, Scotty would go one on one and miss. Then Pascal would go one on one, then miss. Then Fred will go one on one and miss. And then OG will go one on one and get blocked. And it was just like, wow, okay, coming off the bench, Gary, same approach. Chris Boucher, same approach, and it was precious, same approach, and it's like like what are we even doing? Right. So like even even though there is a talent disparity on paper just between the two um lineups, I, I think that even more than anything else, like even just the system the Raptors are playing in that game, um, or the discipline or the lack thereof was, was a large portion of why they lost. In mm-hmm. addition to why in, in addition to the fact that the Celtics are straight up much better than them, but yeah, it was uh, it was not impressive, and um, thankfully, because the Raptors lost to those two games, the Raptors cannot face the the, the, the Celtics in the play-in no, or the playoffs. I'm not even thinking past the highest ones we can man, get to man. is eight now, which is <laughs> oh, against God. Milwaukee, who's probably going to do something very similar to the Raptors. But hey,
1: listen. Yeah, I I repeat, man, the Celtics did not miss a two point field goal in the first half. Yep. Like I don't know, I cannot stress that enough. Very uh, very alarming performance, and I think it's alarming for me when you look at this team, and you know the. The hallmark of a team that I think is is really struggling is when, when guys after these losses and games are just kind of at a loss for words. And you know, Fred after the game was just he said, "quote I don't really see any other path forward, other than everybody staying together." Um, that's really alarming to me too, man. Because like, emotional we just, damage. That's we just, honestly what that game was. No, for me, but man. we just we've been talking about this effort, energy, all this stuff, and we're still talking about it heading to game eighty-three. That's very concerning for me. That's all. Well, I mean, at least the Raptors didn't punch each other in a timeout. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that very soon. No, I, I just mean like <laughs> this is a bad week of PR for the play-in tournament. <laughs> wow, we had we had the Mavs like intentionally tanking their yeah, way. Yeah, out we'll, we'll get to that too. They're under FBI investigation at the moment Yo, for no, potentially yeah. tanking. The tanking situation is being monitored. No, I, you know, I was uh, I was talking I, I was talking to our colleague JD Bunkis, you know, on a show, um, you know, earlier today, and I'm gonna ask you this because he asked me this. He's like, okay is there still anything at stake for you when you're looking at the Raptors this week? Like, based on everything that you've seen from them in the regular season, all the stuff that we've talked about, you know, is there something that can be salvaged based on what you're going to see on Wednesday and potentially Friday?
0: I wouldn't say salvaged. Like, I actually don't think there's a winning scenario that really comes out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I think for me, it is kind of just like gravy in a way. Okay, it's it's gravy, but you didn't actually get served the meal. <laughs> oh God, so it's you're, just gravy. you're just getting the it's gravy. It's like
1: the it's like the hash browns that we had yesterday <laughs> yeah, at the arena. Yeah, yeah. it's just without wrong. any ketchup. Just, 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 we just had a potato party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's just gravy,
0: like not not the actual meal. But okay, this um, so this week would be the gravy. No, because I don't think it changed anything about the season, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a scenario where it's like okay, we wiped the slate clean. All you know, we all sort of lock in here and we ideally make it through the playing tournament, secure the eighth seed, um, and then, you know, get into a tough series against Milwaukee, which, by the way, in that series, Milwaukee will be coming off of one full week of rest, if not more. Like a guy like
1: Giannis, he didn't even make the trip to Toronto over the weekend. I believe he sat down for a Bleacher Report exclusive interview. (laughs) What is up with these guys doing interviews before games now? Joel Embiid did this a few weeks ago. I mean, against Denver, it's it's one they're it's one they're free and available, <laughs> and that's when the
0: reporters are in the building too. It makes sense. By the way, shots to Giannis. I, I really like the interview that he did with Chris Haynes. Mm, I liked yeah, yeah, that was the like that he like, "Why should I beg for something that I believe is mine?" Mm, he was you know? talking about the MVP, right? Yeah, yeah. that was hard. I like that. I like that line from yeah. Giannis. I, although that's way too late to campaign. The votes are pretty much already in. Yeah, but regardless, I got like Giannis. He, he, I don't. I don't know if he played last Friday. But he definitely didn't play Sunday. He didn't mm-hmm. even make the trip to Toronto. Yeah, Um he's gonna get to be home in Milwaukee for like more than a week straight. Yeah, him and un- Thanasty are just
1: chilling. Like they're just <laughs> chilling. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, make Thanasty sure. work. Yeah, I mean. you know what?
0: Thanasty is not a
1: bad nickname. Right? I, I, I'm not this is stop the only them. reason why I want the raps to get to the first round now. We might so have we to do squ- the we- so we can do the Thanasty report after every game. Well here's the thing. Depending on how it goes,
0: Games one and two are pretty much already a write-off if the Raptors get to that point. Oh, God. I'm sorry. This is so funny. No, because they've had over a week off. Like, all yeah, the yeah, veterans yeah. are going to have the week off, and the Raptors would have had to play two pretty
1: intense yeah, yeah. games. So, the Raptors would, would be playing on Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday, and then yeah. they'll
0: fly to Milwaukee
1: on Sunday. Yes. Yeah, that's how it would start.
0: So, they would have one day of rest, and that one day would actually be a travel day. Not mm-hmm. that it's, like, so much of a trip to go to Milwaukee. Yeah. So, games one and two, they're already a write-off. I mean, even games one and two, when the Raptors played them, um, you know, in, in the championship. Right. right, they were coming off one day rest after the Kawhi shot. Exactly, and they yeah. lost both of those. The, the yeah. opportunity there is you have to essentially take one if not both of three and four and again this is looking really ahead of the schedule (laughs) but my point is it's just like yeah this is this is why like the it's it's just gravy because there actually is like the payoff itself is 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 quite low however i think the idea of it is not necessarily to sort of make it as deep uh, into the playoffs as possible but even just to see like how these players react to these moments you know like Mm -hmm. the the the, i think there's a different level of preparation that comes with uh, preparing for the playoffs. And you hear about it from a lot of players who have won championships. They talk about sort of the different levels of practice and and sort of the, the attention to detail and sort of how much everything is really at stake and all the details really matter. It's Much more of a half-court game. Like, those are valuable experiences for younger guys. And really, when you think about younger guys, you're really just talking about Scotty. Mm. Like, this, is, this whole thing essentially is an is is exercise for him. Of like, okay, look, we know we're not going to win the championship this year, but ideally we get there. So you get to see, like, how serious you got to take something like this. And hopefully you keep that
1: experience moving forward. All right. Again, so it's just gravy. Yeah, you still got to work a bit more to get me excited for Wednesday's game. I'm not trying to, man. Oh, okay. Okay. But uh, for for Raptors fans, uh, you know, the MLSC did announce that there's going to be a Jurassic Park Oh, for yeah, yeah. the play in on Wednesday and okay, also. I, mean, like, yeah. I, I, saw the, I saw them putting up the park yesterday when I went to the arena oh, at okay. eleven AM. No, should have reported this. Um, I mean, what's there to report?
0: There's always gonna be Jurassic Park. Um, Plus like it's not just that. I mean the Leafs also use it as well. So,
1: oh, that's right. Yeah. It is shared. They should just play the game in Jurassic Park, um, with a DJ in the back.
0: Outdoor play in game? I feel like the Raptors might actually win a game like that because all we do is go to <laughs> it's the hoop. On the
1: outside.
0: You know what I mean? When you talk about prison ball, like it's oh god. Ideal.
1: Uh, yeah, that's about it, man. I know we got Steph No from the sporting news coming up in the second segment. Mm-hmm. Um yep. you know, you guys are going to talk a little bit more. Bulls, Raptors. I will say, uh, since this uh, current play-in format, so after the bubble, this yes. is the third year now. Yep. Uh the tenth seed uh, are, are zero and four under this format. So. Raptors have really? a chance to make history. Yeah.
0: How many times has, has the 10th seed been, like, Indiana or, uh, like, Charlotte, Charlotte? Charlotte was
1: once, Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Washington was a 10th seed. Right, that was the Westbrook-Beal-Washington yeah. Wizards. Yeah, so I yeah. think we got... Yeah, I'm trying to... San Antonio was a 10th seed. Memphis beat them. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was so. Damar. Yeah. Yeah, so... Anyways. I mean...
0: Yeah, okay, I I do feel like... Yeah, especially with the game at home like uh, i do feel like the raptors should be able to take it against the tennessee but again we'll talk about the other side of the break yeah, yeah how for the sure. raptors matchup with uh
1: chicago because uh i know you're a big fan of game 82s and big fan of the final weekend of the regular season yeah and you know on friday when we were here talking about how oh the maps were putting kyrie and like four other guys in their rotation on the injury report mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i just felt like it was going to be a funny weekend um, and I just started tracking, like, all the funny stuff that did happen, including the Wizards putting out a graphic for their game against Miami where the key matchup was Corey Kispert versus Caleb Martin. <laughs> that was no the key matchup See,
0: before the game. Here's the thing. These social campaigns are decided, like, well in advance, right? Like, sure. someone at the outside of the season, probably in, like, <laughs> August or September, yeah, had yeah, a yeah. meeting about this, and they're like, okay, yeah. here's our social strategy for the for the year, right? Sure, Before yeah. every game, we're going to tweet it out. It's going to have a sponsorship attachment to it. Yeah. And essentially, it's like, that key graphic is probably going to have an ad on it, and it's an ad vehicle. And we're going to mm-hmm. do it for all 82 games. And it sounds good on paper until you get to game 82,
1: and you're like, damn, I really got to put Corey Kispert in <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and Caleb Martin on a poster. So. We, we got to put, put the Bradley yeah. Beal Jimmy Butler graphic away. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so the Mavs, you know, they play Luka Doncic for one quarter on Friday. By the way, it was against Slovenian them. Heritage Night, Yes, this Night is what too. I was going to say. A Slovenian uh, yeah. Heritage Night. And I think that's maybe the only reason why Luca played. Um, And, you know, they they ended up losing. And my favorite stat, this is from... uh, So they ended up losing. They had a chance to tie at the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the Mavericks are the first team in the last 10 seasons to fail to hit the rim on three three three-point attempts inside the final 15 seconds of the game. So they got blocked on a three, they airballed a three, and then they hit the backboard on a three at the end of the game. First of all, whoever's tracking these stats respects... Yeah, um, right. But yeah, so then after the game, uh, because clearly... the, the, the Raptors haven't done that? <laughs> oh, I'm <kidding>. Okay, okay, am <laughs> kidding. Yes. Right, we hit the rim. We hit the road. Uh So after the game, the, the NBA the next day announced that they've commenced an investigation into the facts and circumstances surrounding yep. Dallas's roster decisions and game conduct, mm. including the motivations behind those actions. Uh, like, what do you think about this investigation that is underway here? I mean look,
0: obviously the NBA is gonna selectively do this, right? Because mm-hmm. you could have easily investigated the fact that Portland has been playing Genith Williams for like right. a, a month and straight. And Skylar Mays. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um so it, it's selective. However, Jason Kidd coming out of the game and being like, yeah, we were told to do this by <laughs> management is
1: just like you know. No, come this on. is this is the thing. they they're, this, you they're just being can't punished. Say it. They're be they're being punished for being too obvious. Uh, yeah right like this is like straight up just it's, so it's obvious the same thing with the nick
0: interviews not to yeah. go back to this all the time but like we the rumors could have been out there mm-hmm. we could have had the same critiques without him saying it it wouldn't have been the same reaction yeah sometimes when you just say it it, it really does like invite everything to come in so <sighs> i think to the, the, the Mavs yeah. are not the only team to, to tank but i mean of course no. they were also in position to maybe do something in the playing series i don't know it wasn't like they they were eliminated once yeah. you're
1: eliminated you can pretty much rest whoever you want and that, that's fair but like Yeah, I mean Well, I think this is a problem too. This is what the league has a problem with because the play in tournament was supposed to be like to deter some of the tanking, right? To give teams a chance to 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 you know play for these spots. And the Mavs basically just like spit in the face of that concept. Like we have a spot to play for, but we're not gonna go for it.
0: And and plus I think in the case of the Mavs in regards to the league, like we're talking about two marquee stars on the team. And obviously it hasn't worked out in Dallas, right? But Mm -hmm. like I think the league would still ideally like for them to get into these positions. Yeah. Like, Kyrie and, and, and Luka are huge draws. hmm So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So it's, it's pretty hilarious. I also, I thought when you said you got a favorite stat, I thought you were going to say that Luca, who only played the first quarter, still had more points than anyone else who played the whole game. No, tell me that's not true. <laughs> I think he had like 13 in the first Tell me like that's
1: that. not true. Yeah, I think I saw that on one of They Reddit. should have been suspended for drawing up a game tying through for a guy, Theo Pinson, man. Oh, really? Like, how obvious can you that's, get? That's their nasty by the way. No, the, how Every, obvious can you get, man? Yeah, that's tough. Anyways, another uh, team that was uh, fighting for a play in Spotter. Literally. Man, the. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves so I don't even know how to break this down so yesterday in the first half of a must-win game against New Orleans because they were fighting for the seating between the eight and the nine um you know Rudy Gobert and uh Kyle Anderson yep. of uh Chinese descent Yo, sh- um, sh- got into uh, sh- a verbal a verbal argument that that uh turned into a physical encounter and, uh, and according to Woj The disagreement started when Kyle Anderson told Gobert to go block some shots (laughs) and then Gobert told him to go grab a rebound. And then Kyle Kyle Anderson told him to shut the F up. Uh And that's when Gobert, uh, you know, lunged at Kyle Anderson on the punch. And if you watch the video, pay attention to Torian Prince. I think he's been waiting all season to shove Gobert. Um, He got right (laughs) into the middle of it and like shoved Gobert basically all the way to the back. Um, Uh Yeah. Teammates stepped in, all of that. So Gobert was sent home. And then at halftime, Jaden McDaniels, who's a contender for Defensive Player of the Year, punched the wall on his way to the locker room and fractured his hand, so he's out for the season. And then Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert apparently continued to to argue in the locker room, mm. um, and Anderson threatened to to knock Gobert out. And we just received news before we came on air that the Timberwolves have suspended Rudy Gobert for tomorrow's playing game between Minnesota and the
0: Lakers. That's actually um, respects to um minnesota for doing that um you could definitely tell i mean it, if it wasn't clear already like it, it must be everyone in that room hates rudy
1: <laughs> i despise that
0: dude, I, you know, bro it, it definitely is that situation because again you would definitely like consult with the players and see what their instinct their interactions are mm-hmm. you know and this is not a light decision like this is a one game play-in for the lot now of course they're i think in the seven eight so they have another chance yeah but ultimately that's like man um this is ultimately why you would bring in a guy like Gobert. Obviously, they've invested a lot into Give up five picks. Yeah, yeah. Walker Kessler and all that as, kind of stuff. Well, and it's yeah. like... You bring him in so that in these important moments you have him. But, of course, he really snapped. I just don't understand. Like, what was going on? Like, this must be something simmering in that in that room for a while.
1: Oh, for sure. You know I, what I mean? My thing so. with, with Rudy Gobert, also, I Also, think... it feels like Rudy Gobert is, like, the least liked player
0: in the yes. league. Like, it feels I like— I hate this guy. It's like him and Dylan Brooks should be on the same team. Too. Like, <laughs> they need to be on the same team so I think people Rudy, can fight them every week.
1: I really think it's not anything deeper. Like, Rudy's just an annoying dude. I think he just gets under people's skin with the way he just, like, carries himself— yeah, and talks, and it seems like in Utah and now in Minnesota, and it's so funny because Wolves beat writer uh, Christopher Hine was actually working on a story about Kyle Anderson's leadership. Mm-hmm. So he talked to Gobert on Saturday, and Gobert said this about Kyle Anderson. He said, "Quote: Kyle wants to win, and sometimes he's a little aggressive in the way he talks, but I don't take it personally. Right. I receive it in a positive way because it comes from a place of wanting me to wanting me to be the best, Rudy." Um, and then that happened. On Sunday And then Rudy Gobert Last night uh, Apparently apologized To the group chat Uh, The Timberwolves group chat (laughs) That must have been Left on red That must have been Left on red man Um, And then he also Uh, tweeted Quote Emotions got the best Of me today uh, I should not have reacted The way I did Regardless of what was said I want to apologize To the fans The organization Particularly to Kyle Who is someone That I truly love And respect as a teammate So after he fulfilled This whole checklist Tim Connolly still said You're still suspended (laughs) Like you tried, but the group chat has spoken. Yeah,
2: no,
0: oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. No, here's the thing uh, I think Rudy was playing through a back injury. Um, sure. so this probably influenced it, but he only had two points in the game and three rebounds. Okay. He didn't have a block.
1: Okay, Kyle Anderson, so did that's ha- why Kyle Anderson's like, Go block some shots. Kyle Anderson's like, he, I, I had two blocks. Who says that to a teammate? Anthony Edwards had four blocks. No, no, hold on. By the way, some incredible ones down the stretch, too. Yeah, we buried the lead, actually. Yeah, the a, Wolves actually won that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. The Wolves no, the actually, yeah. So yeah. the Wolves actually got the eighth seed, and that's why they have two chances now. Yeah. And well, they've I'm, won 66% of their games without Rudy Gobert this season. I mean, hey, listen, that 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 is
0: a fractured kind of locker room situation. Also, I just do feel like they probably play better with either center in the middle mm-hmm. rather than just one of the both of them at the same time. Okay. Because Towns also was able to go off the mcdaniel's aspect we can't really overshadow here. <laughs> no, I mean, man. like he obviously he's been a really pesky defensive player yeah. right like i w- you know like I, I don't know about canada for defensive player of the year sure but they've but, been
1: campaigning for him like yeah, he's,
0: he's sure, been in that yeah, conversation he's this year's he's matisse year okay anyway um uh, with better offense but like you know i i do feel like f- why did he punch a wall? Like he, so he picked up two personal fouls and he got in infaltrum, but then he punched the wall. Yeah, like, there's a video we footage. We gotta to chill. To like, yeah,
1: so too. Like the focus has to be there. So Gobert threw a punch. Jada McDaniel's threw a punch, and now they're down two starters. They didn't even fight anybody else but themselves in a wall. Yeah. Like, and now they're down two starters. Um. Damn, before bro. we take the break, the wall um, and Kyle Anderson are the biggest winners of this matchup, <laughs> and the Lakers obviously. Oh, gotta we'll, we'll play there with Kyle and the on, oh, anyways. Um. <laughs> All right, a couple of other news items. Just want to see if you want to react to these. Got you, got you. Um, uh, Udonis Haslam, who uh, Coach David Thorpe nominated Bro. as a potential candidate <laughs> for the Raptors coaching job. Last week, by the way, there was a fake <laughs> NBA Central account yeah. that tweeted out yesterday that the Raptors were considering Udonis for player really? coaching. Yeah, I almost yeah, got yeah, fooled yeah. by it. Um, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Anyways, nice. Uh, he played his last regular season game yeah. yesterday, and the Heat gave him a rocking chair before the game. That's nice. Uh, That's Dwayne cool. Wade, Gabriel Union, a lot of people were on hand court side to watch. He came off the bench and scored 24 points in 25 minutes, a career high, three threes, and a uh, finished an alley oop as well. Yeah. Uh, thoughts? Any thoughts on Ud? Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Like, again,
0: when you think about culture, like, here's the thing. Miami's not had a great year at all, right? They've been very disappointing this year, just mm-hmm. period. Um, but the vibe around them is still really positive because of this sort of scenario, Yeah, right? So, no, I mean, I, I'm happy for UD. This is what Game 82 is all about. Yeah. I actually really like farewell games. Like, you know, obviously Kobe had the very, you know, right. the, the best one. I mean, that one is r- really amazing. But mm-hmm. even, like, a guy like Jamal Crawford had, like, 50, I think, in his last game as well. oh ah, that's right. So, um. No, it, it was great to see yeah. UD do that. I mean, you know, um, him throwing down lobs,
1: like, that's that's Damn. impressive. I, I don't know any other coach in the league that would be throwing down lobs. <laughs> you uh, you don't want to call Jason Jackson for five minutes to no, talk about good, this? Man. You're good? Oh, okay. Um, Mikhail Bridges checked in for four seconds of yesterday's game. Yeah. Just to keep his streak of 392 consecutive NBA games played alive. Yeah. Um, it's this 83rd, uh, game, yeah, 83rd of game of the season. Yeah, 83rd game of the season. Like, you know, I don't want to be the person that's, you know, judging other people for showing up to work for four seconds, but yeah. – I kind of what do you think though like No do, no no hold on this you, is this is a, what do you think No no but this is this is No for no no you, no, no. but like I don't know I felt I felt some way about this I was just like do you like this like when guys just are allowed to the so technicality Yeah like yeah. you know what I mean though like no. I, I think Drew Holiday a couple of years ago like he like checked in on the final game just to hit like a bonus in his contract like yeah. they checked him out like That's cool So you're cool with this checking in for 4 seconds just to keep it going like am I no cool with it. working four seconds to collect a check? Absolutely. <laughs> no, but I just don't yeah. think this should count as part of the record. Am I Am I overreacting here? No,
0: here's the, here the thing. The one What I'm going to give him is that, first off, Game 82 is across the board. Like, no one had anything. They're sure. obviously going to the playoffs. Sure. So there's no reason to play him, no reason to potentially risk injury. Yeah. And on top of that, it was Game 83, right? This game okay, shouldn't even fine. really be in the books for him. Okay, it's only fine. because he got traded midseason and they played it. Okay, so we're letting that slide. I'm going to let this slide, man. Also, it's
1: really cool that he's the only Iron Man in the league. Like, Okay. Um That's impressive, man. And, and lastly, um, a couple of coaching updates for you. Yep. So, Stephen Silas is officially gone from Houston. And <laughs> Yo, by the way, <laughs> that was one of those, like, as soon as no, the, the buzzer, final sound buzzer sounded, it, sounded. The buzzer sounded. Yeah, those scheduled tweets <laughs> no, went man. flying. Woj had a Woj
0: alert on for himself. Uh, oh.
1: Good Houston! Woj, <laughs> said- <laughs> Woj, Woj said the prime uh, candidates, some of these you've already heard, yeah, yeah, are sure, Ime sure. Udoka, uh-huh. uh, Warriors assistant Kenny Atkinson. Uh, Frank Vogel, the mogul, mm. and if Raptors head coach Nick Nurse becomes available, he'll be in serious consideration as well. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, that's one
0: of those um, you, you gotta like keep the job posting open, but uh, the position's already been filled.
1: I think all those coaches should show up to the draft lottery on like May fifteenth or whatever. Well, here's, and if they get yeah. one by Yama, I think those those four should just like fight for it. Here's like the a thing, squid like, game type situation. People need to, they'll
0: definitely need to wait a little bit in terms of just like what the job in houston looks like right mm-hmm. based on
1: the lottery as you mentioned plus they're probably going to get a meeting with james harden with with uh, eric james, gordon on the zoom did
0: you yeah. see james harden was working out in houston the other day like in the toilet <laughs> really what?
1: I, i'm pretty sure i saw this what? hold on let this me is, just confirm this this is like when goran Dragic started working out with the heat while he was with the raptors um as you're looking it up dwayne casey also, oh yeah, he really did that to us eh? dwayne casey also announced he's moving to the front office with the pistons so they'll be uh, in the market for for a head coach, and as you mentioned last week, Adrian Griffin is one of the candidates mm. that's being mentioned. Did you confirm James Harden's workout? Uh,
0: yeah, no, I'm, I'm seeing this tweet.
1: Uh, <laughs> Was he doing one-legged three? James Harden training at
0: Toyota Center the weekend before the Sixers start the playoffs.
1: <laughs> that's amazing, man. That's wild. No, all I'm saying is a lot of these guys have a week off this week. They've got a whole week off, so, so they chose to they chose to go so there. Huh? Maybe it's time for an early yeah. Cancun trip before the playoffs. Yeah. Anyways. Well that kind of wraps up the regular season. And, yeah, uh, yeah when we come back, uh, we'll talk to Steph No about Bulls-Raptors.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if more uh, head coaching vacancies uh, pop up just because of the, the parody around the league. But, anyway, mm-hmm. we are going to take that break. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. On the other side, we will preview Raptors-Bulls. Have you checked out BetRivers yet? Download the BetRivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about BetRivers Sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with BetRiver's online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19+. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge.
2: Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you
1: get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host William Lou. We are joined on the line by Steph No of the Sporting News to look at the playing game between the Raptors and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, and the history of this matchup, real quickly, for this season, November sixth, the Raptors won one thirteen to one hundred four. Pascal was out for that one, but Zach Levine was also out for that one. Fred goes for thirty and eleven, and the Raptors win. The next night the raptors play again in uh chicago this time and they lose 111 to 97 zach levine returns he drops 30 fred has 27 but no one else was really cooking that day for toronto and then most recently they played uh shortly after the trade deadline was over february 28th the raptors won 104 to 98 fred had only two points in that one but uh was was good at the playmaking aspect but uh scotty definitely took over in the fourth quarter uh, and uh, DeRozan and, and Levine were fairly quiet, having 13 and 17 points each as the Raptors won in that uh, matchup. So we have Steph here to uh, to, to preview this uh, this uh, series. Steph, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good. I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, you guys are only settling for my beautiful voice today. I actually uh, <laughs> spent some time doing up my Korean hair, which, if you know, uh, for Korean people, it takes forever. And I also put a, a nice shirt on over my basketball shirt, so that's a little bit of a disappointment, but. Don't you worry. Guys Can uh, ask away here.
1: We'll we'll get this set up for uh for Asian Heritage Month um, <laughs> coming soon. Uh, we'll make that happen. No step before, month I,
0: is Asian Heritage before I
1: pass it on off to Will um to talk actual basketball. You know, I think being the Raptor show, um, you know, with the Bulls, um, you know, obviously playing on Wednesday, you know, Chicago finishing forty and forty two. What's like your kind of 2-minute summary for for people who might have might not have followed the Bulls, you know, game to game this season in terms of how their season has gone and how they ended up in this spot.
2: Well, picture if Toronto was actually located in Chicago and all of <laughs> your players played for our team, and that's essentially what happened with the Bulls. I think both the Bulls and the Raptors were I mean, they came into the season with pretty high expectations. And Mm -hmm. I think both fan bases, uh, like there have been high and low points in the season for sure, where, you know, there have been enjoyable moments. But for the most part, I mean, it's been pretty frustrating. Um, You know, the Bulls were in first place for a lot of last year until basically the All-Star break for them to squeak into the playoffs. um, I mean, they're probably going to try to spin it in some kind of way as progress. But for the fan base, it's considered uh, pretty much an abject failure this season. Oh, yeah, that's wow. great, man. Uh, that's, uh... Just, <laughs> we're,
1: we're, we're trying to spend, you know, up, up until Wednesday uh, to drum up excitement for uh, for Wednesday's game. So uh, you're of no help right now, Steph. Come on, man.
2: I follow you guys on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> I, I saw a tweet from one of you saying, like, uh, why are we even playing this game? So that don't, don't try to spend this back. Oh, my bad, my bad, Alex. my bad, my bad.
1: My bad. Yeah. my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's the voice well, of Well, reason. to be fair, they were coming off that horrible loss to Boston on Friday. Yeah. And it well, seemed like they
2: didn't want to play, so... You know, yeah, there have been good moments in both of these team seasons that I followed mm-hmm. the Raptors decently closely So I mean, it's just the lows have been so low But I think this is gonna be a really good game because the teams are so evenly matched
0: Yeah, no, I, I believe the last time we, we called you up. Um, you had written a story about Christian Coloco and this is early in the season I think this is actually November 7th if I had to guess just because um, that game Coloco caught a whole bunch of lobs it was pretty impactful on defense um, and yeah, I mean like you know, as you mentioned, this this will be um, fairly close um, just based on sort of stylistically. L- let's start with sort of the, the star players and sort of go from there, right? So obviously on the bull side, the Raptors are going to be looking to stop DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine from operating. Um, DeMar, obviously everyone in Toronto knows about. Zach um, overcame a, a knee injury in the offseason um, and started the season slowly. Um, but he's really been on a tear. I'm seeing the last 30 games um, that he's played uh, to end the season. He's shooting... from the field and 37% from three, getting to the foul line uh, six times per game. And he's scoring 27 points per game in that stretch. So obviously he's been on a heater to end the season. Um, Yeah. How do you think the Raptors will approach guarding DeMar and guarding Zach?
2: So I went back and rewatched all three of these games. And uh, the first game, the Bulls did not have Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. So the Raptors game plan was really just to load up everybody on DeMar every single time he touched it. They actually played a little bit of box and one. So, I mean, they might they might break that out again, but um, in the second game, too, like they, they kept that pressure on DeMar and kind of lived with Zach being single-teamed for part of those possessions. So I think he's going to be the real focus of what the Raptors are trying to take away. Mm-hmm. That's not to say they're not going to double-team uh, Levine as well because they probably will. And their general strategy there is just going to be to try to get those guys to pass the ball off because the Bulls, like the Raptors, just don't have very good shooting around their star players. Mm. Um, So you can leave those guys open, and you're not going to get punished. Um, Yeah, so that's what I would expect to happen.
0: Yeah, and no, I totally agree. I mean, the Raptors have always shown a lot of attention towards DeMar. I think it's fairly obvious, like, OG is going to take the primary bulk of that matchup. Um, You know, in the three games that we've seen, um, the two of them play each other. OG has been the primary defender against Demar Derozan. He's done a good job of limiting his attempts. Um, what would you say in terms of his individual defense, having rewatched these games? Uh, how much of that is his own individual defense um, versus how much of that is the Raptors bringing in a crowd and forcing a guy like Demar, who obviously will make the right pass if the second uh, defender comes over? Um, how much of that is sort of OG's defense? How much of that is is, is Nick's scheme? Well,
2: the thing about Derozan is. In order to play him really well, I don't think you have to be an OG type of, you know, elite athletic skills and all this stuff. The most important thing is you need to stay at home on his pump fakes. I mean, you Mm -hmm. guys know this from watching him so much. So as far as that goes, OG has done a pretty good job of that. I mean, I don't think Damar, without looking at it, he hasn't shot an insane amount of free throws in any of these games. But, like, the main reason why... Demar has been so quiet in all these games it's just like i said i mean they're bringing two or three bodies every single time he touches every time he breaks the three-point line basically mm-hmm. even if he doesn't get a ball screen they're just sending an extra person at him every time he catches in the post uh they're sending a hard double so he can't really do any i mean like he's not a selfish player if he gets two or three guys he knows somebody else is open so he's gonna swing the ball try to set up a shot for another uh another teammate so i mean og has done a fine job but i don't think I think mostly it's a scheme based thing, not like him doing anything, you know, extraordinary.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, the, the point about Levine, you know, so the Raptors have put Fred on Levine a lot. I, I'm curious in terms of will they do that, um, in this must win playing game scenario? Because I do feel like on paper, um, that doesn't feel like the best potential matchup. Like, wh- who do you think will ultimately guard Levine at least to start the game um, when the Raptors play Chicago? And is it going to be
2: Fred? Um, I think it'll probably be eventually like he's done a fine job. The the thing about Zach is like, um, it really doesn't matter who you put on him. Like he's okay. going to find a way to get to the rim anyway. Right. Right. And you know, the Raptors have played in the first two games, they played a decent amount of zone In the third mm-hmm. game, I didn't see it as much, but again, like it's, it's, it's not really a matter of individual matchups. It's just load up on those two guys. Alex Caruso is going to get the ball a ton. Like they, they didn't guard Caruso at all. Oh, yeah. Like, there's they, one game where I think he one for 11 feet of him. Yeah. yeah, and the same same thing with uh, Pat Bev. The Both of those guys start for the Bulls. So you have two guys right. who, you know, you are basically completely leaving open and just staying in the paint waiting on Demar and Zach. So those two guys are going to have to find a way to punish the Raptors or else I, I, as good as Demar and Zach are, they can't really beat a defense when, you know, there's just two guys waiting for them on every drive. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that's what the Raptors are banking on. Um, on the other side, um, how have the Bulls approached guarding Pascal, which I believe Pascal only played one of the three games against uh, Chicago. So I guess, you know, this is really just based off a one-game sample. But, you know, how have they the Raptors or um, how have the Bulls been able to guard DeMar or, or Pascal and also how do you think the Bulls will, will potentially adjust to the way they cover Pascal Siakam?
2: That's a really interesting matchup because the Raptors are so long And the Bulls have a pretty small starting lineup. So, like I said, they've been starting Pat Bev and Caruso alongside their big three of DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. So what that means is Caruso has to guard a lot of power forwards. Mm, Um, He was on Pascal in that third game, the only game that Pascal played. And if you look at Pascal's box score, I mean, it's just so-so, but that does not at all tell the story of how impactful he was in that game because he was driving a lot, kicking out to three-point shooters. He was basically... Grabbing the attention of two or three Bulls defenders, swinging it around, and then um, getting teammates open shots. Mm. Uh, Caruso just doesn't have the size, so Pascal was backing him down a lot. Right, Uh, they were setting up these post-ups for Pascal, where Caruso just had to foul him, or Pat Bev had to foul him. That's that's uh, Billy Donovan said today actually that he might change the starting lineup and put Mm. Patrick Williams, who is a lot bigger and did a much better job on Siakam. But the downside to that is, you know, the Bulls have been the top a top five defense this season just because of how chaotic they are how many turnovers they force Caruso is the driver of that and if you take him out of the starting lineup put him in uh put Patrick Williams in instead Patrick Williams is not that kind of uh event generator where he's going to get a ton of steals he's he's solid but Mm. um you know the Bulls are going to have to win the possession battle and one basically the only way they can do that is if Caruso and Papev go nuts so there's definitely a downside there um yeah, I would think that Billy is probably just going to stick with Caruso.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I mean I, I'm curious too because it's like it was interesting cuz the first two times that the two teams played Fred was such a big factor and I think that um scoring wise he le- went from like scoring 30 in the first two games to like scoring two. Then the the third time they played, however, I think he was still able to impact the game by playing pick and roll with Jakob, right? And and a lot of that has to do with, you know, um you know, Yak's, uh, ability to to finish in the pick and roll, which is obviously better than what Christian Coloco was doing and also what was better than uh, Precious Achua at the center spot when he played there. Um, how do you think, I guess, I guess the secondary Raptors star in this situation would be sort of like that middle pick and roll. Um, you know, just sort of a combination between Fred and Yak. How do you think the Bulls will approach guarding them there? And I also saw that you wrote a, a whole piece about Jakob uh, ability to impact the series. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I think you can kind of throw out the first two games that these teams played just because the complexion of the Raptors changed so much once they got Pirtle. I mean, Fair. they were a much, much better team. Um, in the first game that Pirtle played against them, like you said, it was um, not that long after the trade deadline, so he only played 26 minutes in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Van Vliet in that third game, he, I think you mentioned he only had two points, and that was by design. The Bulls defense that has been so good, they load up on these ball handlers and they kind of let the roll man, um, they live with that guy having a little bit of space and being mm. able to create on these four-on-threes. So Pirtle, is, that, that's one of his strengths, even in San Antonio, going back to San Antonio when they didn't have that much offensive talent there. They let him run a lot of stuff. He yeah. has uh, good decision-making. And, I mean, you guys know this from watching him so much. Like, he's he's got great touch when he gets near the basket. Um, so, like, that's kind of... A problem for the Bulls given how they like to play and how they give those centers um an opportunity to have more responsibility. That works when you have unskilled centers. But when you have something someone like Purtle, mm-hmm. that can really burn them. And they got destroyed in the minutes the Purtle was on the floor in that third game. They just uh, kept kind of close by winning the minutes he was sitting. Um, so if if he plays more, I mean, I, I looked at the spread of this game. Like the Raptors are five point favorites. I think a large part of that is home court advantage, and the mm-hmm. other part is just that. Yeah, Pirtle's probably going to play more.
0: Yeah, and 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 look, he's. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games where um, both coaches adjust their defense coming out of halftime. Obviously, depending on sort of how the first half goes, right? Because I, I definitely could see, um, you know, for example, as you li- outlined, like you know, the the Bulls bring a lot of attention to the ball handler. They'll have Vucevic, who's not the quickest player, come up to the level of the screen a lot of the times. And, of course, that really does require him to leave the paint. Like, this is not a team that plays that much drop with him intentionally. But then again, based on how Jacoperto is is hurting them in the first half in the pick and roll, they might adjust that at halftime. That's where the Raptors are going to need both ends of that pick and roll. Both Fred's uh, pull-up three-point shooting or pull-up jump shooting to really be a factor in addition to Jak being able to roll and get into those spaces. But as you mentioned, the possession battle is going to be huge. I think looking at this matchup, I mean, the Raptors are, they need to win the offensive rebounding edge. And I'm curious in terms of like what kind of adjustments uh, Chicago could potentially prepare in that sense. Obviously, you could say everyone's going to have to play harder, which hopefully for a one game play in, like everyone will already be playing at max level. Um, But are there any sort of tactical adjustments that the Bulls can make to sort of limit the Raptors on the offensive glass, which is something that the Raptors typically win regardless of their opponent?
2: Yeah, Billy Donovan was actually asked about that again uh, today. And what he said was, you know, that's part of the impetus for maybe starting Patrick Williams, who does have some more size, but mm-hmm. is kind of a terrible rebounder. <laughs> okay. Even though he is bigger. So Caruso Caruso's a pretty decent rebounder for a guard. but yeah. like, he'll go in there and crash. Billy Donovan's adjustment, if you will, was that he just thought the guys had to try harder. I don't think that's got you. I I don't I don't love that because
0: that doesn't sound like an answer. That just sounds like the problem.
2: Yeah, I mean the Raptors, like the Raptors, have played teams that have tried really hard, but there's just so much size uh, on that front line. Sure. So I don't, I don't think it's a matter of effort. I think you, you just need to have bigger bodies out there. Like Drummond is, you know, a historically mm-hmm. great defensive rebounder. Maybe he'll play a little bit more, um, but you know he has a lot of defensive limitations. So I don't think there's a great answer there. I think you're right. that They're probably just going to get out rebounded again.
0: Right, and 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 I, I do wonder if Chicago is going to attack the offensive glass themselves. Um, because as you mentioned, if the Raptors are going to be sending two guys at DeMar, sending two guys at Zach, and of course, depending on how the rotations are, let's say like Fred ends up on Vucevic, obviously you're going to send a second defender to sort of like help out in the post as well. Vucevic can definitely do damage there. Um, you know, that probably does leave a lot of guys open on the wing. And of course, like the only, it's not just guys can knock down open threes, which ideally is what what would happen for Chicago. But those guys like a Caruso, for example, I feel like he's always very good at crashing from, you know, the, the the corners and especially if he's getting left open there because there's no one to box him out. So, you know, it, the possession battle is going to be really important in this game because, again, both teams are not really good at, uh, you know, hitting threes. I, I do wonder maybe it comes down to the bench potentially, and that's always where I get very worried about Toronto is when they have to sort of go to their second unit. Their starting five has been pretty good, especially with Yak in the middle there. Um, I'm not as worried about that, but off the bench, who should we look for on Chicago's side in terms of they could be an X factor off the bench?
2: Oh, on uh, Chicago, man. That's, I guess, I guess Kobe White, like Kobe White takes a ton of threes. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, their bench has been really, really bad. Like mm. Dragic was playing a ton of minutes for them and he's right. just gone now. He was yep. so bad that he's just gone. You guys know about Dragic too. No, we I guess, know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kobe, Kobe White, uh, he's kind of a microwave scorer. So in a game where points are going to be so hard to come by, um, he could, you know, he could easily go like,
0: five or six from three and swing the game or something sure, like that
2: sure that's it though
0: wow okay well i mean I, I guess i shouldn't be as worried because it does feel like i don't know what your sense is but it does feel like the raptors have advantages that they can press because i feel like even other ways like you know they could for example not that i would necessarily look to feature og that much depending on sort of how he's going but you know i could see og having a size mismatch they play him in the post fair a bit Scotty, we haven't even talked about him. He's sort of been sort of quiet in this matchup, but we also saw him have a really strong fourth quarter in the uh, the game they most recently played on February 28th. Like, there are size advantages to play through those guys as well. So, to me, I mean, it, it definitely seems to be favoring Toronto, but, of course, anything that happened in a one-game series. Um, Steph, what, what's, what's your initial feeling on this, um, heading into this crucial 9-8 play-in game?
2: Yeah, I think... I mean I like the Raptors. I think they're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. I think that the starters are probably going to play pretty evenly and like you said it's going to come to the bench. Like I I was talking about how bad the Bulls bench is, like the Raptors. Bench oh, I was going to say been that's yeah, yeah. Uh, when I when I was watching these games like especially Precious's minutes, um mm. I was so high on Precious coming into the year, but right. he just hasn't he hasn't had it and he Wh- got why do you think that he is? got killed uh in his minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I'm curious as from an outsider's perspective, watching Brushless, Um, because he has very high moments, as you mentioned. That's the reason for the enthusiasm. What do you feel like doesn't really pan out for him when, when he has these bad games?
2: Uh, I feel like he's just not really putting everything together, you know? Like, mm. he might contribute in one area or two areas, but as far as just, like, an overall, you know, chipping in, different parts like if one like if his shot isn't falling like can he help you on those nights and the answer kind of has been no so you know good good role players they just find ways to help their team and he hasn't really seemed to be able to do that this year fair that's fair
0: um okay steph before we before we let you go because we have a minute here um can we can we press you for a prediction if this is something that you're comfortable with
2: I predict that Raptors fans and Bulls fans are going to have to take a shower after watching this game because it's going to be grimy.
0: Oh, that's every game for us, man. You know that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they both averaged 104 points this season, and average in the NBA is like 115, just to give you a frame of reference. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's fair. it's going to be a rock fight. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's going to be like both teams are going to go 10 for 40 from three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whichever. It's, I feel like a lot, you know, The Bulls are definitely underdogs, but the fact that both these teams just suck so much at shooting threes, there's going to be more variance, I think. like If one of these teams just gets really hot, they're going to win. Um, Yeah, but I'll say, I don't know, 97, 94 Raptors. All right. Well, I think it's going to be really close.
0: I look forward to chewing my fingernails off for uh, a playing game. Steph, no, uh, the sporting news. Um, make sure you find all his stuff. I think the best way to find you is probably just on Twitter, right? At Steph, um, N-O-H. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great content that you do, not just with the Bulls, but across the league. So definitely give Steph a follow. Appreciate you,
2: man. Yeah, I'm, I'm terminally online. So any way you try to find me online, I'll probably
0: see it. Bro, I saw you. I saw you even on Reddit. So you, you're, you're there. <laughs> I, you, I'm, you can I find Steph's content, man. Oh, yeah.
2: Appreciate you, Steph. We'll talk soon. Thanks,
1: you guys. Um, NBA announced some details about the in season tournament as part of the new CBA agreement. Do we have time for that? Or- uh, yeah, sorry, we're out of time oh, once okay, again. Okay, so okay, uh, okay. we're not going to do CBA talk oh, okay. on this show ever. Uh, okay.
0: That does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the SportsNet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever where you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please reinterview the show. Thanks once again to Steph No, producer and co host, Alex Wong, and board producer Derek Randale and Jennifer Rona for helping with the YouTube stream. We will be back to talk more about the Raptors Bulls tomorrow. Music